It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Hello, everybody. In my actual person, and Josh Brown. This is Jules Gill. Apparently. Oh, my God. He's not been here in a while, two years. So we are thinking about this. The last time the three of us made a piece of content may have been 2019, <laughs> pre, oh, pre, God. pre-pandemic. I'm, but now I am preying all over the place, my friends, to send you <laughs> <here>. <laughs> The pre-sesh. I have a feeling that maybe it was the start of 2020, but either way, it's been a lifetime We've been through a lot of stuff since then. It's quite interesting because it's like having uh, Scott and Josh's combined shadows cast over me is lovely. <laughs> it feels like I'm standing within like a healing ray of sunlight, like from a video game. I feel like I'm being rejuvenated in ways that have not been felt Set in off a the long old, time. Uh, That's because you're the Superman of the content, right? Oh, kryptonite! Hey, 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 yeah. Doesn't mean we voice. kill him. No, because no, there's good. There's good there's, oh, yeah, is there good kryptonite? Well, well. Because if we're in the shadow, well, I don't actually know. This is not. An, I didn't think this analogy through. It sounded good. Yeah, what it I was sounded like of. a compliment, and now I'm realising no, no, it might not be. No, no. What we say is, I'm Superman. Thank you very much. Yes. You both, you boys, are the biggest sons because your uh, big demon <laughs> face has given me life. And kryptonite is the fact that I've only just had a few sips of coffee, and I need to finish it. Off that, yeah, you might yeah. get steadily more shaky as the uh, the podcast goes on. Oh, I will indeed. We but will we see. have a we have one heck of a podcast in front of us today. By we boys. do. So a few weeks ago it was last time you were up and we tried doing this then but technology just would not play with us whatsoever sadly josh your uh, partner came down with covid the, the universe got in the way and so we had to reschedule until the next time jules was up that was um, the kryptonite which is that, today that so we that was the real kryptonite so we have a whole bunch of questions that people submitted for that podcast that i wanted to keep until or i want to keep more of them until we were together again so we got through a selection of them but there were always a bunch more to get through so first question from schmanz schmilliamson who says What's your favorite fast food slash chain pizza place? Mine is Burger King and Pizza Hut, if only to say Pizza Slut. To say that they are <laughs> Pizza Slut. I'm sure there are differences between the US and the UK. Now, I've not heard Pizza Slut before, but I did have a Pizza Hut the other day, and it made me feel like a six-year-old again. Not in a good way. See, Pizza, like pizza Hut, I always find, like, if I wanted to go under my kitchen sink and grab a cleaning sponge and cover it in tomato paste, then, <laughs> yeah, then I would go to Pizza The one that I got, I got a barbecue chicken pizza. I've not had a Pizza Hut in years. I don't know when the last time I had one, 15 yeah. years ago or something, but I didn't want another Domino's and I didn't want another local pizza because I've tried too many local outlets and around my parts, they weren't that good. Mm. So I thought I'll get something else that's like mass produced by a company. I'm sure it'll be great. And so I got a pizza. That thing felt like a piece of clip art. Like it was just sort of like it had been 3D printed. Like it was the most plastic bit of pizza 
pizza than I've ever had. Uh, pizza do chips and chicken bites and no, stuff now. Stay away. Stay it's away. Ba- it's stay a bad away. time. Like, Just, yeah. I, I don't want to have anything potato microwaved. Like, get it, get it out of there. Like, <laughs> nobody likes like a you know a soggy potato wedge. Oh. One of the worst things to get from any fast food mm. joint. I think talking about that is giving me a soggy potato wedge. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what though, I've got to say, guys, I discovered Pizza Hut pizzas in lockdown because I used to be a. Domino's Are you going to classic us this and invert I, this? I am. I really am. I was waiting. I was biding my time. He was a Domino's guy. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Domino's. I was a Domino's guy. And then you, Jules Gill, oh God. introduced me to the Papa, Papa John's. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. And then none of those would do it for me. So I just tried Pizza Hut in the lockdown. And for me, they do the best pizza of their kind because... I'm a stuffed crust guy. Ah, there you go. They're stuffed crust. They're garlic stuffed crust. I'm looking confused at you, Josh Brown. Eons better than Domino's or Papa John's or anything else in that sphere. I I have to concede on that one. If Pizza Hut still did their cheeseburger stuffed crust, maybe I'd be with you. No, that's an unholy abomination. That was a hell of a time. Remember when they did the popcorn chicken pizza as well? That combined with their KFC? I don't know if they did it in the US. Was this in the weird sort of timeline where we were getting (laughs) stuff like the uh, KFC did that burger where the bun was made of extra chicken? No, the hot stopper. No, that was from a few years ago. That was the Oreo pizza as well. No, there was an Oreo pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah. A dessert pizza. Like it's like like a giant sort of creamy Oreo. Oh, thing. Oh, I think you can still get no. that in the US, but um, no, there was a crossover Pizza Hut and KFC, and I think 2020, like it was a pandemic thing. We all tried it. I don't yeah, know if yeah, you got yeah. one. I remember you getting into the office. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted like, to try it, but it was limited edition. Yeah. I, I got like two or three in that one week when it was available. It was literally just put popcorn chicken on a pizza. That was all it was. But that was like a, a stunt food. But overall, I can't. I don't can't believe you would say Pizza Hut stuff crust is better than. No, 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 I actually agree with him there. Really? Like, well, I do not like the pizza pies from Pizza Hut. I do remember back before I was vegan that the cheese stuffed crust there was a thing oh. of beauty because it's so thick. It pulls <laughs> apart like, and it like, <laughs> it's it's that perfect meltiness where it's like, yeah, you're chewing a bit of rubber, but at the same time, that rubber is so well seasoned. You know when you get so salty as well. Like, <laughs> you get like the inside of a tire and it's like that like rubber hose loop. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. a cheese it's the pizza door sealant thing. thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if it had the secret eight herbs and spices on it, I would probably taste delicious as well. Well, I wish it no. did, but sadly, uh, the pizza I had didn't live up to its lofty name that I'd established when I was six years old. I want to throw something out right now. Go on. Oh, here we go. I am of the opinion that j- pizzas don't need any toppings. You can get a straight up margarita, and that'll do you. Any no. other topping is additive, and in my opinion, Opulent. A I'm, lot. I'm saying. I'm saying that sometimes cheese is too much, mate. I went when I went, when I went to um, when I went to Venice. There was literally nothing that me and my girlfriend could eat because just tomato like, paste. They're just kind of like, hey, vegan, what's in there? Sort of thing. So I hope, apologies exactly to what any vegan from Venice agree. out there. What's in there? Um, they uh, basically were like, uh, we can only do you like uh, marinara pizzas, and I was like, absolutely fine. But then they seasoned it so well, like the sauce was impeccable, like the a fresh basil that was on top of it as well. Mm. They were like oregano or oregano depending on which part of the world you're from (laughs) over the top of that and I was like hot damn there's nothing on this pizza and yet I love it it's (laughs) so good that's the gift of a good pizza person speaking of which most of the pizza connoisseurs that I know shout out to Adam Cleary and James Hunt have also said the margarita life is the way to go but if you're going to a fancy pizza place as much as I don't mind a marge I would always get some sort of topping anything so that I'm not getting the same basic Only thing over and over again. for the second uh, outing there. Right. I always, for me, just my personal rule, try to sample the margarita first, then it's you get a baseline. It's the set yeah. the baseline, just get two pizzas. then you know. Two pizzas. Um, anyway, the actual question was, what's our favourite fast food slash chain pizza place? Um, okay. what, uh, my, I mean, I... 
I, I probably just go KFC. I like fried chicken so much that yeah. I want fried chicken on my doorstep as much as possible. So I default to KFC, but mm-hmm. I eat McDonald's way more frequently. So it's kind of just those two. And then I guess Dom's would be in there because I have so much Domino's, but they're not good. Like they're, they're fine, but. My one would be my fast food. And mm. I was going to ask if this actually counts. Greg's? Oh, yeah, I love that. Because yeah, yeah. there's nothing I don't like from the Greg's range. Mm. Like the uh, the stuff they do, sausage rolls, bang in. That cheese and bean roll uh, thing they do, <laughs> bang in. And then bang it in. eventually once they finally realize that you can have vegetarian or vegan bacon and sausages, do me a sausage and bacon bat, please. Yep. That's all I'm asking for. Vegans eat go. breakfast too. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> don't just assist, assist off of moss from the underside of rocks <laughs> anymore. The sun comes anymore. up. And if I was going to go for my favorite pizza one, I got to go with the papa. The papa's a big popper. Cheeky papa. I mean, like, um, all of his personal issues aside, his pizza pies are... Uh, are <laughs> it's not um, him actually making the pizza. I know, but I, there's a, there's an image. He's so everywhere. He always yeah. was, at least for a while, that it's hard to uh, separate the art from the artist, as it were. Um, <laughs> but I enjoy his uh, vegan range because they do, like, they do extra things like Marmite and vegan cheese scrolls. And I'm like, Ooh. the word scroll and food immediately a food the scroll. hipster in me because it's like, it's not a book. It's not a, uh, a ledger. No, it's a <laughs> scroll, damn it. Let's it's unfold. a pickup in a fantasy game. Josh, what's the best? Um, McDonald's. Um, yeah. McDonald's through and through. The amount of um, Uber Eats I have bought. You love a McDonald's for an evening yeah. meal it's sometimes. Outrageous. Yeah, McDonald's for an even, evening meal. The double quarter pounder uh, with fries and then a drink and then 20 chicken nuggets on the side. We'll do you <laughs> for an evening meal. Well, you say that, but are you not hungry in about 20 minutes afterwards? Honestly, I, man. I find it goes right through me in every sense. <laughs> as long as I have those added chicken nuggets, I'm okay. If I just 20 have the nuggets meal. is a lot. Actually. <laughs> I, just, I, I, just, I, I just clogged on that. That's a lot of like. I love the 20 on the side. Chicken in that, like, there's a lot, and the double quarter pounder is quite—it's a hefty burger, you yeah. know. It's not just the regular Big Mac, but I would have the whole range, and then pizza, of course, Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. 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 Shout out to any place that's doing Neapolitan pizza—an actual well-made pizza that's not just churned out like a Dom's, like a Pizza Hut, somewhere where you can sit down for an evening. Yeah, and if you're in nice the uh, Newcastle or Gateshead area and yes. run a pizzeria, please uh, feel free to invite <laughs> us to sampling <laughs> sessions because we will gladly show up. Jules is only up for the next 24 hours, but, but I will mark the hell out of it, mate. Yeah, 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 if we can get it in. Um, okay. Actual gaming questions. Uh, next one from The Legend of Matt. Actually, no, I lie. Next one from Nod Dog, who says, The Holy Trinity of War Culture in one room. What a oh, sight bless. to behold. I know. Um, I was playing games with my little brothers yesterday, and all they care about are the battle royales and the games with the instant gratification. Mm. How do we get the younger generation to appreciate single-player story-driven games? That's such a tough one because in order to have a good story, I argue that you have to, like a slow burn is really important to the great stories. Mm. However, as was proved with God of War 2018, opening with that amazing fight sequence, that hooks you. So I do feel Mm. that there is a way of engaging your audience straight away with an interesting uh, either world plot device or something like that and a banging first boss battle. Because mm-hmm. it's like the amount of times that Scott and I uh, go on about Vanquish, it's mainly because of that <laughs> first boss battle is outrageously good. Same with Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. More games where you same can uppercut a head off. Yeah, <laughs> same with um, Devil May Cry 5. Like yeah. It's like you mm. start with epic encounters and that really hooks you in. Mm. But some games, they miss the boat on that and they just go, oh, let's do a 30-minute tutorial. Oh, do you know how to jump yet? Yes, I bloody know how to jump look left and look right look up and down invert exactly. i think for um god of was an interesting one for the younger generation because i wonder if they would just default associate more with atreus or like just not like obviously for anyone who's grown up with that series you tend to look at kratos and look how far he's come and everything else and obviously he is the protagonist but yeah i wonder for um the Fortnite battle royale crowd like what is their nearest analog for something that is still that immediate and still has that competitive element but just still has a narrative backbone mm. like that is a lot harder to put together um but i mean things like avengers have tried 
to where it's like here's a big single player campaign, but also you can play it for people yep. co-op or whatever. Um, I would just hope that the value of those stories is in there regardless. Like if you gave a kid um, Horizon, I think they, I mean, I don't know if you actually can. Maybe Horizon's <laughs> 18 years old, but I feel like there's enough in Horizon. Um, Aloy's very well written. The whole world is so cool. I think yeah. if I was a kid, I'd be fascinated by all the robots and everything. So I'm like, those hooks might get you in. And then there's enough narrative world building that would keep you there. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I think it's, uh, for me, it's, it's it's the world building first and foremost. I think mm. that Scott touched upon there because I remember when I was young and I don't know how young your brothers are, but uh, when I was like first getting into games and getting my brother into games, I didn't care about the stories. You know, I liked the world. Mm. I liked the look of Crash Bandicoot. I liked mm-hmm. the mythology mm-hmm. of the Crash Bandicoot lore. You know, that was the <laughs> stuff I was getting into, not the beat for beat storytelling. And I think as long as you have an affinity for the worlds that you are occupying, the affinity for the stories will come later. That's because a good if, point. If you love like the world you're inhabiting, even in Fortnite, you know that there's some storytelling within that in terms of like the big events that happen, you know, yeah. at the end of every season or whatever. If you have a fondness for that, I think the fondness for the actual beat for beat character arcs in something like God of War will eventually come. The older you get, and mm-hmm. the more you become like understand them because a lot of these narratives nowadays i don't know about you guys but i wouldn't be able to grasp them when i was younger nope. even if i was a young teen you know i wouldn't get the intricacies no, of a no. lot of these themes and a lot of that comes yep. with age so i think it is as long as you have just kind of like a fondness for the characters and the in the worlds the rest should come hopefully crash but, is interesting because i'd yeah. never even thought about that's it's just a good versus evil your crash that's cortex yeah. go fight it's yeah. interesting because it's like you say here, the ones that we think of being some of the best gaming narratives, really complex, quite deep, very long form, like Final Fantasies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But there needs to be an entry point. Like you say, the Crash Bandicoots, there needs to be simple stories, but just told really well. Mm-hmm. And I'm really struggling to think of what that is in to the current fair, game. To be though, like, like those, industry. those older Final Fantasies, like I, Final Fantasy VII, like I, I can't think off the top of my head what those age ratings are, but I feel like, I mean, Final Fantasy VII, I played that when I was like, when I was seven. Yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I feel like those games, because they're text-based, they're quite cutesy art style-wise, you could give them to a kid as long as they're competent, at, at <laughs> they're, happy enough reading everything. It's quite complex. I was going through the original, like before I went through the remake again, because yeah. I got it on the PS Plus uh, dealio. Mm. Um, it's like, there is so much text that is like, oh, you know, we need to take down this corporation. Like, it makes mm. sense in that opening section. Like, here's the bad guy, well established. But the amount of dialogue that goes on between them, I'm like, oh, this is actually going to be paid back quite like, a lot later. Yeah, the, yeah. These conversations that we're having right here. And it's like, oh, this is quite oh, a lot. This phenomenal. Lot. Like, I mean, obviously, there's that weird, the fact that it was translated like one dude really yeah, starts to show yeah, up yeah, later because yeah, all the yeah. Sephiroth stuff just doesn't make sense. Mm. But, like, yeah, overall, all the environmentalist messages and there's a maturity to that script that you just didn't get when you were a kid because yeah. you're just yeah. like, I'm a guy with a big sword fighting the evil corporate man. Um, I think that I still would champion giving a new generation games like that. I mean, even... I don't know, for me, I just prefer the Final Fantasy VII original to the remake in regards to accessibility of an age range Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, But I still think there's enough stories in those old games that you could still lead with that stuff. Yeah, I would agree. I'm thinking of like, uh, you know, Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2. Mm. I Mm. played those to death when I was little. I watched my dad play Metal Gear Solid 1 because I was a bit too young for it. Kept getting (laughs) killed over and over again. Kept Uh. getting seen. Why is this not an action game, I thought. (laughs) Uh, But even Metal Gear Solid 2, which I loved and played to death, would play it over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like some of those cutscenes. I didn't watch until I was like 18 years old. Did you skip the Because I would skip them. Because some of them, for a 12-year-old mind, they were long. too boring, and I didn't care what was going on in that final scene between Raiden and Snake All the documentary footage. All the documentary footage, you know, just people walking by. I thought, this is not what I play this game for. Mm -hmm. It was the characters. It was the likes of the bosses and all of that stuff. Like, I think if you can get someone interested in the core of a story, Mm -hmm. they will just naturally, with age, 
enjoy the deeper meaning. So mm. I would do agree with you that you could give someone Final Fantasy VII and they could enjoy the characters, they could enjoy like the base part of it, mm. and then later we'll be like, there is so much extra stuff here. Yeah, uh, yeah. A small piece of advice I would give as well to anyone out there with younger siblings, don't actually have a go at them for enjoying the likes of the Minecrafts and the mm. Fortnites and these sort of things. Yes, they may not be the grandest in terms of like scope and scale for like narrative perspectives. Mm -hmm. But if you go up to somebody and say that game is dumb, you're actually like pushing them further towards that game because they're going to be sort of like, well, I'm just going to hang out with my dumb friends playing this dumb game and not enjoy what you have to recommend. Plus like that is their Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, like exactly. in as much the, as yeah. like, you know, like it's a big cultural touch point for that age group. Like, I mean, I've like said to probably both of you guys over time, like it must be so awesome to be the right age for Fortnite right now. Yeah. Like I'm not that you can't enjoy it when you're older, but if you were in like school and everyone's playing, everyone's reacting to those end of season events, like that must be so much fun. As much as we hear, right? Like those are the stories of people who were into that game yeah, like I totally. would love genuinely every single time like an event like Galactus comes up or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and people are like you know friends are jumping on together to experience this limited timed event or whatever mm -hmm. I wish I had those stories yeah. and these are the stories that you know younger kids are, are getting now that they will remember when yeah. they're our age and doing podcasts Absolutely. and you know? it also might get them into other IPs because it's like loads of people I saw online when they did the Dragon Ball crossover event recently mm -hmm. it was just like loads of people being like what is Dragon Ball like the younger kids and they've gone on to find games like Fighters and like all of the uh, Kakarot games. But I stuff. love like, as well that like there's an island in Fortnite where you can just sit and watch episodes with your friends yeah. who are also logged in. I was like, that's yeah. brilliant. Like, I mean, I love that. Like, I get that it's a marketing tool. The only reason that the Dragon Ball thing exists is because the new movie's out, mm -hmm. but it's done so well. Like, it almost got me downloading Fortnite again, and I had a word with myself and didn't do it, <laughs> but I almost did. And I'm on like a massive Dragon Ball binge at the minute anyway. Um, so yeah, I think just uh, kind of go down the route that we did if you want to test the waters with older games that mm -hmm. had more narrative backbones to them anyway. Um, or I guess I would kind of just have a conversation with someone who's a hardcore Fortnite player of that age and be like, what do you like the most about it? Is it the big event stuff? Is it the characters? Okay, well, this character was from this and this is this whole world and go down that route. Um, or maybe it is just the competitive side of it. Um, next question from Jack Asbury who says, hey lads, good to have you all back in one room. When you guys get together, what's your favorite thing to do? Also a gaming question, has there ever been a game that you really enjoyed but felt like you couldn't recommend to others? So the answer to the thing that is our we favorite thing- yeah, so I said pints, <laughs> pints is we just have, We just have a few jars, mate, and, and just shoot the whatever. Like, it comes in uh, pints. Specifically in Dapba, nowhere oh, else. It's man. like it's always Dapba. That's what we're going for food then. Oh, yeah, they got yeah, the yeah, 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 we, we got haven't Dapa. been there. In Shout out to Dapba in Newcastle upon Tyne. That is a hell of a like, restaurant. After the pandemic, it just didn't feel right going there anymore. It <laughs> yeah. felt like something about the fabric of it. Jules had moved away. You know, everyone was like, you know, Ash not obviously gone anymore. as well. Yeah, yeah, Ash yeah. was obviously gone, a staple of Dapba. And then it was like something about the personality of this place is, is evaporated <laughs> now, and it doesn't feel right. <laughs> Plus, you don't work there anymore, so. It's <laughs> So I was gonna make any sense anyway. Uh, There's so many ways that you can go to that Um But yeah, we'll be getting some lovely food. We'll be getting some lovely pints. In terms of um, games that you'd enjoy that you can't recommend to others, do you guys have anything that jumps off the page for that? What do you mean it can't recommend? I mean, like I've, I've bashed on about every game under the sun. Like, I still like maintain that Valkyrie Chronicles is one of the best made mm. games, but I know that most people in the office won't play it, but that won't stop me That could be one of yours, because like, I guess that has such a unique, like it's not necessarily, it is turn-based, but you're also like moving your dudes yeah, to a specific yeah, yeah. spot and then like ending your turn or whatever. Um, I guess it's something like that where you can't just go, you need to play this. Like, I feel like I give, like, you know, you can give someone a game and then be like, oh, okay, but it's, you play as this guy for 10 hours and then this happens yeah. or whatever. Like, I yeah. feel like it has to have that um, sort of uh, extra level of information. That was my, that was exactly my mate Liam trying to recommend Final Fantasy 13 to me. He was, <laughs> he was like, look, it gets good about 13 hours in when the game opens up and I'm like, listen to yourself. <laughs> you you, you need help. Yourself. You need help, man. No one should have like Stockholm syndrome from mm. a 
game. But he was clearly just like, I keep playing, I keep playing, and well, the corners like don't stop. And then they, oh, it does open up. It's a great game. And I was like, no, it's just less bad. You've like, Stockholm syndrome yourself at that point yeah. because it has to be good after 13 hours of uh, investment. But um, yeah, I think that for me, I don't like how much turn-based combat is become this thing that you've got to like point out to someone. It's gonna, it's gonna have turn-based combat, so just put up with that and you'll enjoy the rest of it. Turn-based Whereas, combat's fun. Well, I know, I, but I he doesn't get it, does he? Oh, Josh, you, you're not a fan of turn-based. Oh, this is a good. I like this. Oh, this wasn't directed at Josh. No, no, I just no, mean no, in no. general that turn-based feels like it is now. Fellas, <laughs> <laughs> well. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm in the middle. You know, of have got up our ATB gauges. The door is locked. I understand that reference. I think. I think overall that there is that whole thing where even when Final Fantasy was at its heyday, um, sorry, the um, the late nineties when it was that string of like you know six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right. Um, the reason that even Final Fantasy moved away from it was that turn-based combat was this sort of like people just didn't like it. But I never saw that. I always loved it, and I feel mm. like if I'm going to recommend old-school Final Fantasy to someone um, or any turn-based RPG, I have to point that out. I'm like, oh, it's going to be turn-based. Now, if we are being brutally honest, from a game design perspective, don't uh, you dare turn- switch sides, Jules. No, 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 I'm just playing devil's advocate. Okay. Um, uh, turn-based uh, combat is a bad thing because it actually invokes downtime in the player's thing. You're uh, actually each battle can uh, shoots upwards in terms of how much time it takes to get through and if you're going through random encounters on top of that you're then populating your game with a lot of time that is spent technically playing but not you're kind of oh but you're you, thinking you're struggling you're, but you're kind of resenting it if the same battle plays out the exact same way mm. over and over again so I can understand why a lot of them have moved away from that into more of like an active um, like battling system like your Final Fantasy 14s and the 7 remake I was just say the 7 I, remake is I perfect I hit, yeah. hit a perfect stride However, I do think that there are some games, like I super enjoy Persona 5's approach to it mm. because of using the weaknesses and stuff like that. It was super fast with the tag team battles and stuff like that. There are ways to make turn-based battle systems fun and engaging, but a lot of it requires looking at it and going, let's take the concept and add unique elements on top mm. of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, like in terms of like subject matter, I feel like I don't, I would recommend like like Celeste or something that like I got a lot out of, and mm. that is, like, I would say like a five-star game or whatever, something like The Last of Us, but I feel like they always come with like, but I'm not recommending you this as like a fun, nice afternoon. Like this mm. is a, you have to sit down and really engage with this. So I think, um, I would agree like you said that if you like something enough, you're gonna explain why it's worth playing anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's I've never not recommended something because only I like it. I feel like there's always a way for me to go, this is why I love it. And I think that these are universal elements and whatever. I always like to add caveats to this because there are a bunch of games that I've played that I loved, but I would never ask Scott specifically to play because I just know like the, the antithesis of some of the game design well, tropes that you like. For instance, uh, this, the Sink and City is the one that I always shout Ooh, out for yeah, this. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, kind of like detective. I love that. I love that. Lovecraft I, that's game. by the Sherlock yeah. people. Yes, it is. But it was like, especially when it first came out, there was so mm. many bugs and there was so, it oh, was so baby rough. Were there bugs. <laughs> and it was like, I could like push through a lot of that stuff, but you know, I could talk. I couldn't give it to someone and say, push through this because there's an all right game at the end. Bugs and performance is really worth highlighting, yeah. Did did I ever tell you that I managed to get my boat back to the starting area by going through a wall and the game auto-saved and I couldn't uh, get out of that to start a brand new... Anyway, yeah, that's a completely different story. Speaking of bugs, Cult of the Lamb, just spread the word that Niamh needs a patch on Switch. I'm at the end of that game and all my my followers are just stuck. They don't move anymore. So none of the meters can get filled. Nothing on the work can get done. (laughs) I can go into a dungeon, but it hard crashes. Like, I'm just... Apparently, the end of that game, everyone talking about like the whole fandom is talking about the fact that the end of that game just falls apart so just i'm just saying that game needs patching Sorry, Josh. You no, it's all right. I do have one more, though. It's called Darkwood, and I played it a few years Darkwood. ago. Mm. And it's a horror game that's like top down uh, 2D, kind of like sprite uh, art style. 
And it's about, you know, like this dude who kind of wakes up in the middle of the woods and it's yeah. like a survival game where during the day you have to go out, you have to like do missions, scavenge and whatnot. And then at night you have to go back to your base and essentially wait until morning and try to survive until morning okay. in hope that your fortifications around your base uh, kind of protect you from the ghouls trying to get in. <laughs> and it's uh, it's like just one of those games that's like <laughs> intentionally oppressive. Like it's not mm. fun to play, but like the atmosphere <laughs> is so thick that it's good. Uh, but it's like so long and it's so punishing. And it's like one of those games you just would not recommend to anyone other than people who you know would get a kick out of like being kicked in the teeth. I mean, I got that dark, uh, hours. darkest dungeon territory, is it sort of thing? That yeah, thing's, yeah. yeah, that's that stuff like that where it's like it, like something that isn't outright fun. That whole wing of like on mass entertainment conversation that is like, oh, games are meant to be fun. I'm like, yeah. no, not really. Like, not necessarily anyway. Um, they're meant to be engaging or hold your attention or whatever. But um, yeah, like some stuff like Darkest Dungeon. I got that game called The Longing where it's just yeah. spend 400 yeah. days, do whatever you want. That'll finish at some point, um, I think later this year. Um, but yeah, it's just like, just pass time in the game and whatever you do to pass that time, whatever your character does in that time because you're locked in this underground cavern or whatever. Um, I like that feel. Like that's maybe similar to the thing you were talking about about the isolation and everything. But bugs and performance would be my main thing where if I'm going to go, you should play this, there's always that part of me that goes, but it isn't perfect yet. Yeah. You might get a bug, you might get glitches or whatever. I know you had a different experience with this, Jules, because you play it on PC, but like Cyberpunk 2077, mm. yeah. man. Like, ah, the Cyberpunk tale. <laughs> ah, good times. Like I enjoyed that, was playing it for eight hours a day, but mm. no way were we like recommending that in videos to people. No. Like, like when we were doing we, the There's news so many stuff, podcasts passing that out. 100%. Yeah. And it was such a difficult thing to do because I remember me and you, Scott, we were like, it's a great game at its core. Mm. You have to put up with so much stuff and yeah. it's hard crashing every 30 minutes and it wasn't an enjoyable thing to experience in that form but because I had it I wanted to get the most out of it. It's kind of like that weird. I thing still of, like. I mean, I still put like 120 odd hours into that yeah, thing, and it yeah. was it did it crashed every sort of 20, 25 minutes. But that was like a testament to how much I loved that thing that I just kept going with. I it. feel like Cyberpunk is the um, is Cyberpunk is a great game, asterisks, but like that's it. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, like it will have big stink lines around it. Yeah, sometimes. I think it's like, thankfully now it's finally got there. But yeah. that like initial launch thing where the consoles were absolutely on fire, PC was totally I fine. Still, like, can't believe that man because it's like you know you review I reviewed it in a bubble. And yeah. then had it on a PC with a branch that was working specifically for my PC that mm -hmm. was given to me by the developers. And it was never made clear that it was like, this isn't the version that's going out. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, oh, cool. That's a bit weird. That, like, actually, that's almost two years ago. But yeah, yeah, that was like one of the first like big, well, that was one of the biggest F-ups of the whole pandemic era or yeah. whatever. It was just <laughs> getting everything wrong. Um, but yeah, in terms of um, questions and stuff, I've moved my questions around as I blab. Anyway, next question. We're on th question three now. Now, aren't I we? think are we managed to do three. Three. This is four. Come on, we can hit the can, five. The golden five. Nail it. Or as um, we say in Welsh, uh, "een die tree pedwa pimp." Of course. I've, I, yeah, I saw you tweet. Trust you on that. Hopefully, yeah, you've not yeah, said yeah. anything. You just put a, put a curse on us. I don't <laughs> know what it is. Um, next question from AJ, who says, "Which is better, Dragon Age series or the Mass Effect series?" Just started playing Dragon Age for the first time. Three, two, one, and all say it at the same time. Yeah. Okay. So, go on four. Three, two. One Mass, Mass effect. effect. Clearly, <laughs> always. Um, to be fair, I've only played Dragon Age Inquisition. I have the first Dragon Age, but I came to it way too late and then it just didn't click with me. And I get that that's sacrilege or blasphemous to a lot of people because Dragon Age is their Bioware mm -hmm. game. Um, but for me, I it, I just didn't spend enough time in that IP. I, I did really like Inquisition, um, but at the same time, that's probably just because 2014 was such an empty tire fire of a year anyway in regards to the game. Do, have you noticed that the Dragon Age uh, trilogy of the franchise and the Mass Effect franchise, they actually have 
similar like trajectories. Like mm. The first game comes out, fantastic idea and take on the, the tropes and the genres, mm -hmm. creates these brand new worlds with really memorable characters, but it's hampered sometimes by its own action and gets in its own way mm. quite a lot with just like, here's the fun, but in order to get the most fun out of it, you're gonna have to work around some pretty odd mechanics. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I remember Mass Effect 1 shooting was quite bad, bad <laughs> for how much it was relied upon. I love the grenade button. Everything else on the pulled you button. in. But then it goes to How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Two.
the action ramps up, the characters are there, the kind of like uh, the setting, the enemies, you really feel engaged and mm. there's a genuine sense of threat and terror. And then three comes along and it's like the tentpole flagship uh, cinematic experience. It's the Marvel Avengers approach where it's like big, bombastic, all the money's gone into it. But once you kind of scrape the surface, you're like, where's the actual like source to it? Like mm -hmm. uh, I'm biting into that uh, Pizza Hut dry dough. Where's, <laughs> where's, where's my topping? Like, like synthetic products. Yeah, the way Mass Effect 3 came together in the Legendary Edition, I didn't even finish Mass Effect 3. I finished it before back in 2012, but um, I hate Mass Effect 3 so much. Really? And like playing them in a row um, only highlighted so yeah. much more how much worse three is. I even had a weird thing with uh, going back through one and then two, where I found that I just drastically prefer one, and that definitely didn't used to be the case. Um, but I just I love how much op how much more open ended one is, and how much more Star Trekky it is. Yep. Um, and uh, you have all the variety of planets that you're going to. Whereas like two kind of felt like, and it totally worked for the time, and it's a great game. But I just like you know two is more streamlined, and it's like you're plugging in little side stories, and um, I like the setup and everything. But there's just something about how expansive one feels, and you are a respecter. You're like this human in a amongst all these alien races, trying to prove humanity's worth or whatever. I just love that whole thing. It felt more like spacefaring than 2 did. 2 yeah. is like a much smaller character story, which is great, but um, but I do love what Mass Effect is. Um, uh, any, Josh, any thoughts on I'm Dragon Age versus Mass Effect? Mass Effect through and through, right? But mm. what I love almost more than anything in this world in terms of video game discourse mm -hmm. is <laughs> talking to someone who loves uh, Dragon Age Origins, man, because the people who love mm. Dragon Age Origins love Dragon Age Origins, yeah. and I love talking to them about it because in the same way that I could talk about Mass Effect 1 forever in terms of its lore, in terms of its characters, in terms of the richness of that world, they can do that for Origins. And mm. I always wish I could get that and make that leap and yeah. get there as well. And I can appreciate it. But it, for me, I'm just, I prefer sci-fi anyway. Yeah. So that, that yeah. Mass yeah, Effect's yeah, already yeah. got that going for it. But I just love that uh, people who are into Origins just like, you know, have a, such a passion for it. And it's like, that's the reason why that franchise has sustained itself for mm -hmm. so long. It's the same vibe you get from people who uh, will fight tooth and nail for everyone to play Minerva's Den DLC for Bioshock 2. Yeah. It's just like, you you go there, and even if you critique it slightly, it's like, <laughs> but I will take, here is my TED talk explaining why you are wrong and I hate you. It's like, I kind of feel that for the, the um, Lair of the Shadow Broker as well. Like, I oh, love yes, that DLC, yes. but it's like some stuff just has that, like, oh my God, lads, like this was yeah. transcendent or yeah. whatever uh, when they first experienced it. Um, but yeah, Mass Effect, I think, especially over time, other than Mass Effect 3, is kind of held up a lot more than Dragon Age is, but I guess we'll see what happens with the reboots of both of them or whatever those next installments are. Um, next question from the legend of Matt who says, my three favorite game genies are back. Big love and cheers <laughs> to all of land, you. Baby. Thank you very much. Which gaming franchise would you give an XCOM makeover to? Personally, I'd love <gasps> to see those sort of tactics <laughs> applied to Mass Effect. Stay safe, <laughs> all you kings. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very the much. table has just rocked over because uh, <laughs> uh, my giddy You put that arms. away, Jules Gill. I tell you what, I tell you what. Um, so take... Any oh, franchise. a Mass Effect turn-based XCOM game. Bro, oh I'm God. just saying, uh, Dynasty Warriors came close to it with Dynasty Warriors tactics. If they could turn that into a squad-based thing, I would love that. Apply it to Star Trek. Imagine like your entire bridge crew going down and mm. doing a turn-based thing like that. And, like You could do Disney characters with that and turn the New Kingdom Hearts into a, like, a turn-based tactical mm -hmm. thing. Like, it applies to everything. Oh, I love it. I is, 
like love grid based. I love turn based stuff anyway. Give me grid based, squad based, yeah. Um, yeah. tactics games where you can set up like pincer movements oh. and everything's on high and oh. it's like snipers ten miles away, but they can get the headshot because they're higher up. I love all that stuff. Josh, you've not played one of these, have you? Uh, I've played some. I yeah. played XCOM. I know what XCOM is. XCOM. I know what that is. Yeah, I would go though if I had to adapt one thing into the XCOM format. Mm-hmm. Small soldiers. Remember that? Oh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. That had a really good PlayStation One game. That game had the best multiplayer of the PS One era. You yeah. might say. <laughs> Bloody this side of Crash Bash. You know what? Yes, I, I would Lord, agree with absolutely that. Absolutely love small soldiers. Top two: Crash Bash, small soldiers. Yeah. and I think you could have the two factions and work an XCOM formula around it. That's my yes. Small Soldiers, yes. um, just to talk about that game on PS1 for a bit, because that predated almost every other third-person deathmatch mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I mean, I, in my mind, it plays a lot better than I'm sure mm-hmm. it did. But I used to rent that game from a, um, a local store back in the day and just beg my friends to play with me because we just we could do one-on-one. It was split-screen, um, but it was deathmatch. And like I'd never, had, never played anything like that before, um, third-person weapon combat or whatever. Just a shout-out to that game. That thing was an absolute gem uh, back in the day. I think that the XCOM overall formula, I feel like a lot of tactics series are now doing this, like Octopath yeah. Traveler, sorry, um, Do You Feel Chronicles, um, and the new the, Midnight Suns one is finally accepted. Yes, it is uh, um, XCOM meets Marvel. I, like, I know, like that thing didn't go down that well, but like I have hope that well, I, it's fire access. It's still fire they're, access. They're going to make a good game. It's just mm. where how much microtransaction stuff is then yeah. bollocks on top of it. And everything's like random. You're de- dealing from a deck of cards for your moves, which could screw no, you I over. I actually don't mind card-based stuff like mm. that, but I do feel like they should approach it from how, uh, what's that new game that came out? Neo Genesis Noir or whatever it's called? Um, that, yeah. Oh, that one you like. The one that's is the it? first person shooting game. But what, Neon Wise? That's the one I uh-huh. mean. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what game I just made. <laughs> up, like, um, if the they, prequel. If they could do it so that you picked up the cards on the battlefield so you knew oh. that there was an attack out. format that you could do that would actually make like prior, yeah I'm going to send a guy this way to make because, sure I get this yeah, attack like getting or a bad hand and then just being like well I'm screwed and I'm going to lose a character on a permadeath mm. game that would suck but if mm. there's stuff elements on the map that you pick up so you know at least you can do these moves then yeah that that'd would be cool because I, I recently started playing uh, Inscription as well which is a lot of people's game of the year last year it was only on PC but now it's on PS5 and everything and that game is like a narrative based version of turn-based stuff mm-hmm. where like your character like becomes a card and then they're trapped and you play as someone else who's now uh, in the same room playing a new game against this mysterious oh, stranger cool. but the person who just died is your card that you're now dealing so like you're trying to get mm-hmm. everyone out of this scenario and um, but that's got like a, a really cool sort of spin on turn-based combat stuff um, or card-based combat stuff and I guess each um, encounter is more like a puzzle for those that are looking forward to new tactic games mm. that are in the uh, XCOM style, uh, Metal Slug Tactics yes. is coming out fairly soon. I'm I think sure. so. There's, uh, that game looks gorgeous as it, well. Oh, the art style yeah. is phenomenal. Have you are you familiar with the Metal Slug games at all? Not very at all. We should play if they've got it at the bar that we go to uh, on Wednesday. The, <laughs> what was it? Was called NQ64. Yeah, NQ64 in Newcastle. If we can go there and they've got the Metal Slug games there, we will play it, man. Because it's like Contra, you know, the two yeah, like, yeah. side-scrolling things. But there's just so much blood and gore and bullets <laughs> everywhere. It is. Just just like pure chaos. Like. When they announced Metal Slug Tactics, it was like, no one was asking for this, no. but this is a perfect fit. I was just like, oh my God, two of my most niche franchises had a baby. <laughs> Yay. Um, it seems like it'll, uh, yeah, it'll do well. But in terms of XCOM um, crossover, it's just everything. Yeah. Just, just put it on literally everything. Mass Effect is a <laughs> I hell am of a bread show. next to, to <laughs> let's go, let's go. Oh, um, Untitled Goose Game as a XCOM thing. Imagine that. Yeah, I, that would work. More animal shenanigans games, I would take. Um, next question from Brandon Bressman, who says, why does no one 
everyone talk about how great Dark Cloud is. I never had a PlayStation 2 to play it when it came out, but it's fun. It has a lot of unique mechanics. Now, I'll very yes. quickly say that Dark Cloud is in our PS5 review because I was playing that game as my thing to test on the PS5's backwards compatibility stuff. Oh, really? And I own, you can get Dark Cloud on PS4. It's been re-released. Um, so yeah, our Dark Cloud is, is in our PS5 review because I was playing through it when the PS5 came out. Have you got, you played uh, Dark Cloud? As I frantically Google oh, don't, don't we, we, we'll, uh, I'll give you a little like synopsis. <laughs> it was a PS2 this, I reckon game. that my explanation of it will make you want to play that okay. more than anything I love Dark you Cloud. find there. So it's like, imagine if Legend of Zelda, right, yes. so you take that, had a, a, uh, a town building management system Speaking and a language. dungeon crawling uh, thing added on. So you go into dungeons, you defeat enemies, you get resources for your town, and then you get to plonk them into 3D spaces and rebuild the town and populate it with villagers who then give you like discounts and special quests based on their requests. It oh, also it is hey, phenomenal. Hey, it's been a long time since this guy's whispered sweet nothing to my ear in person, isn't it? <laughs> His love language is Dark Cloud. But yeah, also that game back in the day, back in 2000, when it was being shown off for the PS2, had this whole thing, which is still, I think, still impressive now, yeah. where you're in the building menu so it's like top down and you're just placing mm -hmm. units or whatever and you can hit a button and it just zooms in and renders the whole thing so you just zoom like Google yeah. Earth style it's and you crazy. just drop into your village and then all the lights come on and everything's all around you it's really cool um, yeah no one talks about Dark Cloud anywhere near enough or Dark Chronicle and that's available on the PS5 right Hell yeah, now it is. That game. And, and you can get Dark Chronicle as well I'm pretty yep. sure which I personally would argue you start with because you don't need oh. any prior knowledge from the first game other than the, the no they're there's, very different there's, there's a few elements that maybe cross over like the land name and stuff like that, but it's it looks nicer because it's got a really nice cell shaded graphic mm. style, and they worked out a few of the bugs with the combat because the combat can be a bit samey because you just go, oh, it's very, I mean, it's, you're done. It's very like yeah, yeah. the original Dark Cloud is like one of the like it's so early, yeah. like and then yeah, it's but like for, it's for the time that it came out. Yeah. Like uh, if they had just released a basic like three D Legend of Zelda spin off style thing. Mm it would have done really well because everyone was clamoring just for new games on the PS2. Yeah. But the fact they added in this incredibly in-depth like town management system, you're like, Animal Crossing and Legend of Zelda <laughs> smashing up, let's go. It was lush. The other half of that question was also a controversial food opinion is that cake is way too sweet and overrated. Only way I can eat chocolate cake is in a bowl with milk. Uh, Breathe that in, Jules. You've turned cake into a cereal? <laughs> like, 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 this is a new one. Put it on top of a pint and maybe we'll talk, but I don't think in a bowl. Eating it with work. milk? What? I don't, I mean, <laughs> I, I, get, I, I can't. You've broken me, man. I don't. Have you, would you have I, a bowl of cake? I'm, I, I wouldn't say no to no, it, but I true. wouldn't also ask for it. Like. No. Okay, right. I have a pitch. I Go have on. a pitch to you guys right now here live on this show. Um, what if we, at some point in the future, when I'm next back up, we ask people for their weird food takes and we film us eating, <laughs> trying all of them. We, I mean, we it's give in, them the rating, the official What Culture seal of approval. For all of it's in the archive when we had that weird pint of that, that, was, a that was a different time. And I yeah. said, hours and biscuits, I that was also I your idea. I still feel bad about that one because it's like, there's a bit of times where the bant goes a little too far <laughs> and you make your friends drink pickled eggs, Oreos, bourbon biscuits, milk, Apple and sours, apple sours, and, yeah. pick, and like pickle juice on top of that, yeah. and, you, and they and it, it combines to make a concoction with the. Uh, it kind of looked like if scrambled eggs was made by the devil. It was so. very green. Yeah. Devil eggs. It was yeah, devil eggs. eggs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was pretty bad uh, for all involved. And, Devil's uh, video. I think in the next challenges, I should also try my own poison, as it were. You the really only should. issue with that was that it was Scott and I who had to drink this concoction, I. and <laughs> Scott. Likes pickled stuff, which was the I big like vinegar. stickler. He was, you know? I downed it. 
I'm loving it, but I mean, I, I can, I can channel that student mentality enough and, and down the thing that's in front of me. Hashtag yeah. down that fresher, not a hashtag, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I can do that. Whereas now, I, it's that that life is a long time ago. Right. I know it's only like four years ago, but yeah. still, I don't know if I could do that now. So, I mean, this is the thing I was saying to Cleary the other day. Like the moment that you hit thirty, like mm. your knees go a bit funny, your tummy <laughs> gets a bit dicky. Like, Wake up with an ache. Like I, you, some you just can't eat and bounce back from stuff as you want to no. anymore. It's like oh, I'll have a I'll have a, a slice of pizza, please. The image alone <laughs> will give you a bit of heartburn. It's just like oh, that's a shame. Just and a sniff of your, alcohol. Your body just goes into like you know those. Um, uh, enemies in Psychonauts that you have the sensor stamps and they just go, no, no, no. <laughs> it's literally them, but all in my tummy. I, I love can't. just like, well, was it? I just wake up in a, with aches and I'm yeah. like, why is my subconscious body put me in this position? Like, what are you doing, body? <laughs> My to protect me. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I got heartburn, I thought I was dying. I yeah, was out dude. at Rise, funnily enough. <laughs> and you know the fire buckets that you get in Rise? Oh, yeah. Which is like it's a recipe for the worst heartburn. <laughs> yeah, literal you've ever had. Bucket Honestly, of they should literal... call them the fire holes because of the next morning. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should. I remember drinking one of those, and then suddenly the heartburn descended, Ooh. and I was going to my girlfriend. I was like, I'm going to have to go. And I was, <laughs> we ended up going, and I was like, Laid in bed with the hand on my tummy, and I was going, "Is this normal? Yeah, like, what <laughs> is it normal? Because when it's the first time that happens to you, you've got no explanation. No. There's no sort of like general studies GCSE exam that's going to say like, if you have heartburn, take yourself a Rennie and get to bed. Like, <laughs> no. in, in like, even though indigestion, heartburn is like, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a common thing people talk about. Mm. It, it, no one describes what it feels like, Horrible. and no one can accurately describe Horrible, what it feels man. like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially Speaking in the of middle of a, a, cl- a clear scenario yeah. where it's, you've just got to get the hell out, which is uh, the evacuating. Plan. I just like the image of Josh Brown still dancing as he's le- as he's going like, I don't feel very well. I think I might have to go. <laughs> I love this song though. Um, next question from Tom Abbey. Seeing as we all love playing from software games, in our opinion, which is the most difficult? Also, which sorry, what's the hardest non-from software game that we've each played? Ooh, the I hardest from soft game. Uh, it depends if we want to go down like cheapness or like things that they've patched. Um, um, yeah. Surely one of the oh, we're going to do deep pulls. Um, what did they do before Dark Souls? They did oh Kingdoms, God Kingsfield, Kingsfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, if those, you go back, those games yeah. are genuinely broken. I don't know if you guys um, because I included one of their Kingsfield uh, games mm-hmm. on a list of like games that just kill you for the lol sort of thing. Yes. And in the first ten seconds of one of them. You are presented with a big scary door to your left, and on your right, a nice little green herb. And everyone knows <laughs> that if you see if you see a green herb, you go and pick it up because uh-huh. obviously that's health. You walk two steps over to the right there, you fall through a floor into lava and instantly die. <laughs> that is such a troll moment for the oh, game. Yeah. And it's like, and this was back in the day where a death wasn't as simple like, oh, restart. It was like back to the main menu, load the thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is a miracle that anyone got through those games. Like, I mean, I've I've not played Kingsfield, but I've seen people play it. Like it is like yeah. a first person dog. Yeah. Souls before they, because I feel like in Elden Ring, that was the first time that Miyazaki and From Software kind of just acknowledged that they don't need to be dicks all the time. Like they mm-hmm. can give you um, the summon ashes and they can sort of bake those um, ways of getting through the game into the game itself rather than just overcome the cheapness that we've put in front of you. Um, but all their early, earlier stuff is way more just dickish, just absolutely screwing yeah. you over. Do you think that that was like a time where um, Hideo Kojima and Miyazaki and Yoko Taro just met like a secret cabal and they were just <laughs> the kind hoods of, on. yeah, the hoods on, it's kind of like, 
like it's like we will be dicks to gamers. So <laughs> like, what have you done this week? Well, you know, I put a herb there and there's a trapdoor and, and everything. Like, else. Good, good. Yeah. And like, I've got a treasure chest, but it's got fangs and it's gonna bite the guy. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, sure. Um but yeah, I think the hottest from soft game, obviously a lot of people are gonna be assuming it's post Kingsfield. I guess you're you can pick all the stuff if you yeah, want. We'll, no, we'll go for the Dark Souls onwards. Like here, demons right? yeah, onwards, yeah, yeah, two thousand nine yeah, yeah. onwards. Um what's the one that give you the most trouble? I think if you've played any Dark Souls game or any from software game, Sekiro is the hardest because mm, yeah. that game demands you unlearn everything you've learned from Dark Souls, Bloodborne, even Elden yeah. Ring. It, it also plays, asks the most of your reflexes as 100%. well. 100%. It plays the most different and it's the game that streamlines all of that help you mentioned there, Scott. Mm. Streamlines it out of the game. Like you, it's. I think it's the only one that you need like Re- proper reflexes yeah. to complete. Like you can't get through that game with um, aids like magic or summoning or anything. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff's gone and it's literally you, a sword, some prosthetic tools in these piss hard bosses. Yeah. And some of them are uh, such jokers as well, aren't they? Yeah, like, I remember like thinking- take forever, all of those different phases in the fights. It's it's It was it was the hardest one for me. That mm. game, especially towards the end when you do the final Kinoshiro fight, I remember just thinking like, is there gonna be a limit to how fast that you could code a video game that is like, the absolute apex of what we're able to do as humans. Like, it's not that um, Sekiro is that, but to me, there was a point where I was like, I wonder if we'll get there. Like, how much can you push the timing windows for bosses? How much can you push push um, the ability to stay right on the money, like right in the pocket mm. of keeping up with the boss? Um, because that kind of Shiro fight, obviously a lot of people use the cheese method where you just run away from him for so long. That's what I did, baby. <laughs> you said you did. And uh, whereas I just put, I just learned everything. But yeah. like, that was just my life for like two days or whatever. And then when you finally get it down, you beat him in like five minutes but like Cuphead and Sekiro are both like learn entire chunks of stuff and then stay in the pocket for yeah. the entire game. Yeah. I just wonder if we'll ever get to that point. I would I would second Sekiro. That was the one where like my heart was going so much that I was like, is this going to kill me? Like, I, I don't know. I would say that I personally found Sekiro a fairly tough, but I managed to get through it because- You I, flew through the demo thing. Well, I, I, I was just in the zone. I, yeah. With that game, I just had a really great time. And I remember I was lucky enough to get it like a week or two before launch for the review. And I just was just, that was my entire gimmick there. Mm-hmm. I came in after completing and I was like, that's the best game I've had. Uh, such a great time with it, fantastic. And then when everyone else was going, how did you get through this? I was like, I don't remember, but I do remember not going to bed until about one o'clock yeah. every single morning because it was that tough. The like, thing is as well, once you've been through it, all those timings are in you. Yeah, like yeah, I've been oh, back yeah, to yeah. Sekiro when they did the 60 FPS patch on PS5. I'm like Neo at the end of the Matrix. It's like, yeah, whatever. Like it's fine. And just blew through it again. So for me, my uh, my choice of the hardest FromSoft one would be when they just messed around with Dark Souls 2. Like I, 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 the I know version, that yeah. there's a weird sort of community that's coming out now that are like, Dark Souls 2 is actually the best game. It's like, no, you're just doing that thing that I every fan, every single fan base does it, man. <laughs> like, it's, seriously, what happens is, the game comes out, gets slated. The fans don't even <laughs> like it. The game designer even apologizes for it. You get all these things of just like, no, nah, no, nah, it's a bad game, bad game. And then somebody just goes, but was it though? And everyone goes, oh, no, no, no. because it's the counter argument. You want to be in the minority to be feel like the cool kids walking around the ma- the uh, the water cooler. Slinging Listen, butts. I don't want to be that guy, but right yeah, now yeah. I'm going to add to you. I really do. I've been waiting all podcast. Do it. All I'll say is Dark Souls Two, not the best game. Mm. Better than Dark Souls Three though. I what are you saying? Oh, oh, it is. Tush, why? Uh, no, no, state your claims. Oh, I would just say Dark Souls Two. 
the way it changes the gameplay is very welcome, and it has more imagination than Dark Souls 3 in terms of its world and it its does. story and oh. its lore and a sense of place. You know, I like Dark Souls 3 a lot, but it doesn't have that special X factor that okay. I think, and ambition, that I think Dark Souls 2 has, even if Dark Souls 2 has some negatives. Okay. One of the reasons so, I love yeah. Mr. Josh Brown is that when he explains himself, I get it. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Dark Souls 3 is the first time that that studio played it safe. And I think it's a better game. I still think it's a better game, but yeah. I know exactly what Mechanically, you mean. Mechanically, I would say that Dark Souls 3 is superior in terms of your environments and newness of the settings and stuff like that. There was nothing in Dark Souls 3 that I can honestly say I hadn't seen before in the prior games. Mm. Like, it's like, oh, it's a ruined castle. Oh, it's a blah, blah, blah. The poison blah. swamp. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but the mechanics of Dark Souls 2, some of them were excruciatingly annoying. Yes. For every good moment, like having the lifestone gems regenerate health over a slow period of time, which I love the that that builds, you get enemies that track you near 100, 360 degrees when they locked on. Yeah. And those bloody turtle knights, man. Like, <laughs> the level design, I would say, suffered because they were just like, here's a small corridor, let's just plonk an enemy that takes up the entire width of that corridor for no reason. Mm -hmm. And it highlights how... Enemies don't get clipped by walls, but you do. And that really infuriates me because you're not playing on a fair yeah. playing ground. Mm -hmm. Like you would Whereas, like clang off one of the walls and they wouldn't. Or they'd exactly. hit you through a wall. And, yeah. and I'm always a bit like, okay, I love a challenge and I love when from software are a bit like cheeky, but sometimes they just take the absolute piss with them because it's like, <laughs> if you're going to instigate a rule for this thing, don't make me have to fight against it per, like just to make this scenario more difficult. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the le less said about those DLC packs where they just were just like, <laughs> oh, they bought enough uh, Dark Souls 2 copies, lads. Let's just put all the enemies in. Let's make them invisible. Like, oh, the invisible bloody lions or dog. Oh, ooh. I will say the yeah. air. <laughs> what's, what's it called? Something, something. Like uh, dark side. <laughs> 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 I think it's like the desecrated snowfield or something. Yeah, or is that the no, Elden Ring yeah, one? No, no, the, no, the, no, in yeah. Dark Souls 2, the DLC, I know what you mean. Like one of the worst areas ever. However, those DLCs, apart from that, yeah. unbelievably <laughs> good. Lore-wise, pretty good. The boss battles were the best, but getting to those boss battles was the worst. <laughs> we, should, we were wondering what we're going to do if we have time to film a chatty face. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's just we just call it Dark Souls 2 full stop and we just do this Yeah, we just, for, for 10 minutes. Just turn that camera on that's facing us right now. We'll record this at the same time. Uh, we will potentially revisit this in the future as some sort of controversial games conversation yeah. if we have time. Um, next question from You're Done. Sorry, next question from You're Done Messed Up Aaron. If the What Culture staff were all WWE-style wrestlers, who would everyone be? Would would I, Scott, be a heel? Is Josh the plucky underdog Ooh. like Daniel Bryant? Is Ash Millman the Undertaker? Well, <laughs> she's dead the, and gone, in, so I suppose. Uh, I was about, she has been buried. <laughs> um, no, is she... Why would Ash be the Undertaker? Is it because she takes ages to get ready and uh, her walking Shout. speed is incredibly slow? <laughs> the walking speed yeah. is probably spot on. She does love a gong as well. Like, uh, like bong! A grand entrance. And also, flames. Also yeah. adept at burying people. I will say that. <laughs> now, so. I, I would say that if we are to give Ash Millman a uh, WWE star character, she is the Seth Rollins of this because of the flame His trousers. His new glow like, uh, yeah, You yeah. should have seen him at Clash of the Castle. He came mm. down in full on uh, like, uh, the, the, Wel the Welsh dragon attire. So we had like really cheap knockoff like angel wings that were in red and I was like this is terrible and I love it that's and like uh, that's exactly her fashion style so like, yeah it's like her final <laughs> evolution or something <laughs> like a final stage um, I would go I'm going to stretch out WWE to AEW because I don't know sure WWE thing. wrestlers whatsoever um, who would jo Josh's hook just because oh, you're beautiful. Just because he's, he's effective. Yeah, but, but Hawk, uh, Hawk, Hawk. Hawk. <laughs> Hawk doesn't say much. That's the problem. No, it's Whereas true. Josh is like, he's a bit of a schmoozer on the microphone. Who <laughs> does love crisps, though? 
Does yeah. he? He's coming in. Yeah. yeah. He's loving the crisp packets. I don't have that many go-tos for this. Would I be a heel probably? When no, we did... no, no, no. You, you wouldn't be a heel. You're, you're the... Um, you're, you're definitely a baby face. Okay, okay. I, when, we, when we did the quizzes, I, I, I played a heel version of myself. You did. I did. Mm, and I, I didn't like it. I felt too bad after that. The <laughs> thing, thing is, is that you you work hard. You're inc- you. an incredible worker, and you've always got good ideas. Not a job. you always try and promote other people. So I would say you're maybe the Bret Hart of the, uh, of the company. You're just basically elevating talent left, right, Am I QT Marshall? In you AW. can be cutie Marshall. Putting, putting people over. <laughs> uh, Josh Dante Martin or whoever he was just up against. Yeah. I'm just thinking, who would Josh be? Because he's got to be... I'm go see I, my takes for WWE stuff. I usually go like old school ones because right. they're the more like caricature style things. Mm-hmm. And that's... I, I kind of like the over the top silliness. Yeah. Maybe like you could be... Rick the model Martel, that sort of just like beautiful, like sort of like man, or like uh, ravishing Rick Rude with the um, Who's that guy. Uh, he's eating an apple. Oh, Carlito! Carlito. Just in the face like, with the I, cool shirt. Face of people who aren't cool. That is literally his <laughs> That's festival, Josh. Nah, he's, uh, he's noshing the apples. Darby yeah. Allen. Darby Allen. He's Darby Allen. He flies in when you need him. He's a cool yeah. guy. He's yeah. a, he's a he's a skateboarder. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, got that hardcore aesthetic lifestyle. <laughs> he jumps in back first and he yeah, makes it work. Coffin dropping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. makes it work. I'm gonna hope all of this is really good and complimentary. It's a good time. I have no idea who I would be. I would like to think of myself like I, in the ideal world, like the Neo Matrix style thing of your ideal self. I want to be like the Goldbergs. I want to be the <laughs> the Stone Cold Steve Austin's because they're bold and just talk a lot of crap. Uh, but in reality, I'm probably more Gilberg, like the actual <laughs> tiny man who pretended to be Gilberg. And he was like, but no, support I, in the gang. I think today you've proven yourself as a Goldberg-esque figure <laughs> because you're, you know, you're, not, you're not around uh, all the time in terms oh. of the office. You come in for the big pay-per-view events. And then you just smash the <laughs> living hell out of the content. You know what I mean? Walk away champion. I'll see you in three months. Yeah. <laughs> Just delivers a, a, a fantastic spear. Oh, fantastic. Um, we're going to wrap here because we've gone on for a long time, but we'll do more of these podcards whenever we can. We never sure. know when we're going to be doing sponsored stuff sure, and Jules sure, is sure, up sure, north, sure, so we'll sure, do sure. what we can. Um, for now, though, this has been the Rock Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tailford, joined by Jules Gale. Thank you very much for having me. And Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, fellas. Always a massive a thank you to everybody for sending in their questions, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.